This episode is the second in the two-part series recorded at the Green Man Compassion Club in England. In this episode, I speak with Med, who relies on the Compassion Club for vital access to raw cannabis, the only medicine that helps her to live a normal life. In 2004, Med contracted Lyme disease from a tick bite in the Scottish Highlands. It's estimated that there are two to 3,000 new cases of Lyme disease in England and Wales every year. However, the National Institutes for Care and Excellence said this could be an underestimation because there is currently no requirement for GPs or hospital clinicians to report the number of cases. There also seems to be quite a number of stories from people who are not successfully diagnosed by the NHS take from that what you will. The symptoms of Lyme disease are not pleasant and lifelong if the disease isn't treated early, which makes prompt diagnosis incredibly important. Make sure you're mindful of ticks when out in the countryside and familiarise yourself with the Red Bull's eye rash that can often appear a week or so after a tick bite. So Med, thank you very much for agreeing to speak to me today. No worries, it's a pleasure. Well, how are you? How are you feeling? Uh, pretty good just at this moment. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, sitting in the Compassion Club. Uh, I'm well dosed, so yes, I'm feeling very good. Excellent, thank that's you. the Green Man Compassion Club. Yes. yes. How long have you known these, these guys for? Not very long, just two or three months, really. Yep. Yep. But um, yeah, life-changing, life-changing. I was uh, I was brave and contacted a number on Facebook and um, and yeah, it's not too good to be true. Yeah. Mm. So these guys have changed your life. Oh, for sure. Um, getting my medicine for free and clean um, and regularly is yeah, it's it's completely given me my life back. So, when were you? When did this first become a problem for you? Was it back? Was it 2004? Yeah. <clears throat> I was bitten by a tick in 2004. Um, I was told it was nothing, so I was undiagnosed for about six weeks, uh, by which point I was getting septicemia. Um, and my, my little brother actually diagnosed me after many doctors got it wrong and said that you've got Lyme disease, go to hospital. Your brother diagnosed you? Yes. Well, how old was your brother? He was, at the time, he yeah. was 19. 19? Yeah. Right. Um, and he'd been at Gamekeeper college so he learned about two diseases Lyme disease and Viles disease from rats wow so it was wow. pure luck incredible yeah um, and when I got to the tropical diseases in Edinburgh they uh, they said I probably had about three days to no. live yes yeah, so <laughs> bit of a miracle there oh my gosh <clears throat> did they have any inkling as to what it was was Lyme's even only because of my brother's diagnosis of, yeah. right. and only because so he, he, said, they... he said he said he said, you look very ill and you're not walking properly. And I said, well, I've got a boil on my butt. And he said, let me have a look. <clears throat> Excuse me. And for some reason I said, yeah, right. <laughs> but I had the classic bullseye rash that you get from a tick. So, um, right. at, well, from Lyme disease. Yeah. So he, yeah, he knew instantly. So we stopped oh everything and I got in a car and was taken straight to. So and how long was that after the kind of initial? Uh, it was, uh, like I say, about six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah. Right. Okay. 
so it had had time to spread through my system out yeah. of my blood and into the rest of my body yeah yeah and what were the NHS able to offer you in terms of help uh, well they operated on the bite site um, because I, as I said I was getting septicemia um, and then I was given uh, IV antibiotics <clears throat> and then I think maybe six weeks doxycycline it's sort of the standard amount but they gave me extra because I'd been so sick when they found it but they didn't really know enough to tell me to detox or change my diet or you know anything like that right um, and so treat, treating that was just a short-term thing yes. it didn't fix no 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 um, yeah. it it sort of fixed the immediate problem but I knew that I had something systemic by that point yeah. you could, I could feel it every, everywhere well, it must have been really <clears throat> tough, uh, kind of, at least then finding out what it was, but then I suppose not finding any support structure in place yeah. for it. Yeah, that was that that that's been the hardest thing really. Is doctors not? They don't just say, "I don't know what this is." They laugh you out of the surgery, which is fairly tricky when you're a healthy, sensible. Well, you were <laughs> a healthy, sensible, fit. I lived on a hill farm when I was bitten, you know, I was a fit and active person. Yeah. That's probably what's allowed me to sort of uh, degenerate slower than I could have done, shall we say. Yeah, it seems incredulous. <coughs> I, I've had ticks on me before as well, and like I always yeah. kind of freak out about ticks when I'm, when I'm out in nature. Um, and I'm just astounded that, that I should Not point out. I should point out. I didn't know I'd been bitten by a tick. I didn't know that I'd had an insect on me. I just had a oh my painful gosh. Oh, right. sight. Okay. Yeah. You didn't even, but it had the right. bullseye rash, so the doctors should have recognised it because of where I live. Sure. Oh um, my gosh. Wow. But yeah, I didn't even know well, I'd been bitten. Even better for your brother to. Uh, well, yeah. And we were both things. country people, and neither of us had known growing up about ticks and Lyme disease or anything. Yeah. So. So, what point did <clears throat> cannabis? play a part in this in this journey um well to be honest i've i i have been a recreational user but i've had ptsd from quite young so i think it's helped that um well i know it helps that but with hindsight i've probably never been recreational um but no i mean to start with it just helped by easing all my symptoms and making me feel a bit happier (laughs) with with the nightmare scenario going on um, <clears throat> but you know, you live with the guilt, and you think, "Oh, I'm just a recreational user," and you know, you don't. I didn't. I didn't really research it too much, or and then, but then I was surrounded by some medicinal users, and I could see it was helping them. So I felt more confident about learning about strains and realizing that certain strains helped them with physical pains, and so I tried theirs, and they definitely helped. Yeah. <clears throat> so I learned a lot more, sort of, from other medicinal users, quite a number of them. Um, but not really from my own research or anything at that point. Sure. Oh, I mean, it's amazing to find other people that share, you know, a similar help from something, especially something that's illegal, something that has a, a social stigma yeah. attached to it. You know, if that's bringing you such relief, yeah, it's completely disregarded by. Oh, it's 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 crazy. The my my closest friend up there had had a motorbike accident at 108 miles an hour at the age of 27 and he had been obviously smashed to pieces, been in a coma, had to learn to walk again. He cost the NHS, I think he said about £45,000 a year for all the medicines to help him move and live, plus all the ones that help all the side effects of those. And that's not including care structure. <clears throat> and he, he changed it all for cannabis, didn't take anything. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So, you know, the NHS savings are... And he lived independently. He didn't even have a care structure at that point because yeah. he, he used cannabis. So I appreciate this might be difficult to, to speak about, but to give the, the listeners kind of an idea of if you, if you were to stop taking cannabis, um, you know, what would happen and, and how, how quickly... Um, I would wake up tomorrow morning, I mean it would happen quicker than this, but to make it simple, I would wake up tomorrow morning feeling as if I'd drunk, I don't know, two bottles of whiskey with some buka chasers, and then been run over by two articulated lorries on the way home, and then I would be confused and depressed, and I, my legs wouldn't work, so I'd have to work really hard to make them work, and yeah, every, every movement would be a, a struggle. And I would start questioning what, what you know, what the point is. I don't mean in a sort of threatening suicide way. I just mean really when life's that rubbish, it's not the quality of life. Yeah, quality yeah. of life is yeah. just not worth it. And there's nothing that you could take that you've you've tried. So you know, <coughs> paracetamol, anything no, in the no. cabinet, or anything stronger, like no. nothing even. Ha- no, the NHS is throwing. The, the, the symptoms. No, no, yeah. the NHS throws morphine all sorts at me, but no, I am. Um, they exacerbate the symptoms. Gosh, Cannabis is the only that's... thing that's, along with lifestyle and diet change and removing stress, and I won't attribute it all to cannabis. Yeah. But I've had this disease 14 years, and I'm at the heart damage. All of my organs are damaged, and my brain, and um, I'm in a lot better nick than many people who've not not had it, <clears throat> you know, nearly as long. And yeah. I do attribute that to cannabis. Yeah. So, what's your thoughts on the you know, the latest announcement that? certain cannabis products are, um, are going to be rescheduled and available on prescription. Do you feel confident uh, that you're going to get what you need from this? No, no, I won't. I won't. But it is the first step. It's a positive, tiny first step. Um, for a Conservative government to make a different, to make a decision like this is, well, pigs are flying. Yeah, um, it's, they are. It, it they is. Are. It's, yeah, it's happened incredibly quickly. Yeah. It's amazing. And yeah. you can't, you know, but they've been absolutely forced. So they're doing the very minimum, <clears throat> but people are continuing to push them, and the more and more people that come out with different conditions to explain how, you know, it's not just pain relief, this is like the difference between what I just described and, you know, living a life, going out and seeing your friends, yeah. running a small business from home, you know, etc, etc. It, it, the ripple effect of having a good quality of life and being well are unbelievable. I can't, you know. Anyone who's ever been ill knows that. Even when I get a common cold, right? Yeah. You, in my mind, I'm like, oh, you know, and I feel good. I totally take that for granted. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. just to feel normal is an amazing, wondrous thing. Yeah. As soon as you join, you're just like, yeah, no, that, that, yeah, that's precious health. Well, moving, know. moving from having to just supply myself from dealers to this compassion club has made such a massive difference in that effect because I can start really blending the right types and the, and taking it in different ways yeah. to, you know, I've had some proper pain relief, not just, you know, Russian roulette as to what might sure. work or not work sure. on the weed I'm given. Completely um, lucky yeah, get. Yeah, and exactly. Well, I guess sometimes you can't even, you know, sometimes your dealer doesn't pick up the phone or whatever. Well. <laughs> No, the reason I called these guys was because I'd had three days in a row where he'd been in the pub and I felt very demoralised, to put it mildly. Gosh. So, um, 
so yeah because that's your medicine that's he's yeah, your exactly. pharmacy you know like that well that for me that's three days degeneration oh my gosh so um wow so how has it been different since um getting in touch with green man compassion wow god every way um first of all obviously i have a regular supply of my medicine in different forms which means that i can as i say take it to a higher level of of feeling good and being able to function well <clears throat> and they've been really reliable you know every every time i contact them i worry because <laughs> you do it's ingrained if you've had to rely on dealers but um slowly that worry's going away uh my I, this is the first month that i got to the end of the month and i had maybe two pounds left but i had two pounds left it hadn't all gone in a wanna at the very beginning on weed to do to get my appetite going so that i could eat yeah. so that i could do things um yeah, just everything. And, you know, when you're stressed around dealers and all that Ill illegality, although it's still illegal coming here, um, the cortisol and, you know, the chemical things going on in your body with all that stress actually are quite affecting if you've got a, an autoimmune disorder or what probably Absolutely. It's not good for your health, exactly. right? Stress, yeah, yeah. Yeah. anxiety. And having to ring someone 50 times a day and try and catch them and then rush into the car the moment they say, oh, well, yeah, you can come around now, you know. And yeah. It's not not good experience, particularly well, if you for someone it, that's yeah. ill or medicating. You know, it's no, exactly, exactly. Because when you need it, you're at your worst anyway. So, rushing about and driving, and I'd rather not be driving when when I'm not medicated. So, what what kind of different <coughs> ways of medicating have you tried, and what works best do you for you? Do you feel? Um, I find edibles very good for taking off the the pain edge. Um, and then I find smoking very helpful for brain problems and coordination and sort of an instant relief for when the symptoms really do get bad and the cannabis is only tempering them. You know? yeah. um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I need both. I have tried just doing the edibles since meeting these guys because obviously that's the idea. It's the safest. But, um, but no, I definitely need to inhale because yeah. it goes to your brain and your heart rather than your uh, liver and... Yeah, you know, kind of goes straight way. into your bloodstream, exactly, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, that's fair. Yeah. And do you prefer kind of smoking spliffs or vaporization devices? I would like to get onto vaporizing as a regular thing, but I do enjoy a spliff. I yeah. will always enjoy a spliff. As do I. Yeah. <laughs> and I should be allowed some pleasures. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's two in one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, there's a social side to it when you bring for the medicinal users. Because I can't go and smoke a spliff in a pub or outside a pub, um, so it's lovely to meet other other people and have somewhere to come and have a smoke. You know. Nice. Is there any advice you'd give to other people that maybe been in a similar situation? I appreciate it must be very hard if you haven't come from a background of using cannabis recreationally yeah. um, to kind of consider it, especially in a place where it's still illegal. I feel very strongly that people with Lyme disease, particularly the chronic form, um, there isn't a lot of hope out there because at the moment the research is too little and the knowledge is just not there. And I suppose I just want to show myself as an example of someone who's managing to function and live a life um, pretty much unsupported, really, um, other than this cannabis club, you know. Um, and I'm able to bring myself an income and have a dog and, and have a happy life. Something so, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so glad to hear it. Well, it's been lovely speaking to you. Uh, thank you very much for sharing your story. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you.